Chapter 10 of the Boy Scouts Through the Big Timber. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan. The Boy Scouts Through the Big Timber by Herbert Carter. Chapter 10 The Bobcat. The morning was half gone, and they had been making pretty good progress. But, said Giraffe, when Alan mentioned this fact, if we were only holding our own, that means we'll never glimpse the poor old chap in a week, lest he just drops down and from behind, so worn out, reduced to skin and bone, so to speak. And both he and Stefan chuckled at the possibility of Bumpus ever coming to such an end. Oh, I don't know, said Alan. There's always a chance that you might sight him somewhere. You see, he turns every which way. Now he's headed almost north. And a little while back, it was nearly due east. Perhaps he may double back on his tracks yet. We can't tell. And if he did and happened to discover all our footprints, what do you think the blessed innocent would do? Asked Giraffe. He'd be scared stiff, most likely, and think Injuns must be trailing him, bound to take his scalp, laughed Stephen. Thad stopped for a minute's breathing spell. I think both of you are wrong there, he remarked, and, and if Bumpus only happened to come on his own trail after we'd passed along, the chances are he'd just make up his mind to sit down and wait for us to come around. Well, you don't say, exclaimed Stephen. How in the wide world would Bumpus ever guess it was us making those tracks? Giraffe demanded incredulously. He wouldn't have to guess, because he'd know. He must believe that fat chum of ours is waking up. Thad, just tell us, will you now how he'd be so dead sure of this? We haven't been dropping our visiting cards along the way that I saw, and Stephen gave Giraffe a sly wink. Well... We have right along, Tad continued, and unless I'm mistaken, Bumpus can read the signs all right. He knows what kind of an imprint your shoe makes, Stephen, and how there's a bunch of nails shaped like a star in both of your heels. Look down there and you'll notice them. Well, I'll be jiggered. If that ain't it, muttered the surprised Stephen, as the fact was quite new to him. And Giraffe, he also knows that you're toe in with your right foot so that each time you step, it makes a little peculiar scrape. Bend down, I'll show you. Here, and here, and here. Catch on to it now, Giraffe? Well, I never knew that before. But it's a fact. I do turn my foot some. I admit, tried to break off the habit lots of times, but it's no use. More than that, said Thad. Look at my track, and you'll see there's a marked peculiarity that makes it different from any other tracks. I had a piece put on each heel, and the line shows as plain as anything. And now here's Alan's footprint. Did you see anything about that you'd likely to recognize if you ran across it again? Sure we do, burst out Giraffe. The shoe is square at the toes, broader than any other. Besides that, Alan walks with feet nearly straight, and most people turn them out some, all but those that toe in. Well, you see now that each of you has his individual mark, continued the patrol leader, wishing to impress the lessons on the others. Yes, that's all right, Thad, but how would a tenderfoot like Bumpus know all about these things, persisted Giraffe. 
How do you know? demanded the leader. Um, because you told us, I guess, the tall scout admitted. Well, that's just the case with Bumpus, went on Thad. Of late, he's taken a remarkably deep interest in the thousand and one things that are open to the eyes of a scout if only he chooses to look around. And so when he asked about following a trail, I showed him how to tell the marks of every scout in the patrol, himself included, and Bumpus wrote them all down in that little notebook he carries. Well, if that don't beat all creation, exclaimed Giraffe. Just imagine the poor boy squatting down to pull out his notebook and then say, there, I know Giraffe made those tracks, and the other must be made by the manly tread of my good friend Stephen Bingham. I guess it's up to us to improve each shining hour ourselves, Giraffe, like the busy little bee. We don't want a tenderfoot like Bumpus to beat us out, do we? Not much we don't, said Giraffe. And for three minutes, the two of them were busily engaged writing descriptions in their scout's notebook, with which everyone in the patrol was provided, stopping now and then to examine or measure one of the tracks. When this operation was concluded, much to the amazement of Thad and Alan, the forward movement was again resumed. But it seemed as though the little innocent must have aroused the curiosity and ambition of Giraffe and Stefan, for they frequently asked questions that had more or less bearing on trailing. And the information which Allen was able to give, in addition to what the scoutmaster said, quite enthused both searchers after facts. Hey, I never thought there was so much in this tracking business, Stefan honestly admitted. I used to believe it was pretty much of a fake, and that feller just went along, smelling out things just like a setter or a beagle or a hound would, but now I see it's a whole lot of fun, and I'm going to go for it. I'm into tracking, and I'm going to be a champion tracker. Look out there, fellas, shouted Giraffe. They saw him swing his gun around and almost immediately discharged the heavy rifle. All the others hastened to get their guns in a serviceable condition, even while they were looking to see what had happened to excite the tall scout, something flashed from one tree to another and vanished amidst the dense growth of leaves. As this tree was close to the others, the chances were that the animal would have little difficulty in eluding them. Wow, a big wildcat, exclaimed Stefan in great excitement. Tell me, did you see his left hind leg dragging just a little when he landed on that limb? asked Giraffe eagerly. Oh, you aimed to take him out on the left hind leg, did you? jeered Stefan, advancing a pace in the hope of discovering the beast crouching above and offering a fair target. I hadn't time to aim, but just shot any old way, declared the other. Fact is, I don't believe the butt of my gun was more than halfway to my shoulder when I let it go. It was a-going to jump right there, and I knew it was hit or miss with me. Dangerous thing to do when it's a Lennox or a Bobcat, remarked Allen, who, being a Maine boy, had had lots of experience with the fierce beast. Better have let him get clean away, but I don't think you wounded him, Giraffe. Huh, why not? said Giraffe. Because I never knew a wildcat that was wounded to run away, Alan replied. Once you give them pain, and you can make up your mind you've got a fight on your hands, and the chances are a warm one too. 
Well, I tried for him anyway, he remarked. Let's see if we can get glimpses of his old staring yellow eyes somewhere up there. But they failed to do so. Make up your minds, he's got clean off before now, said Alan. The way one of these big cats can spring from tree to tree is fierce. But we haven't the time just now to be looking for cats. I don't believe we lost any, do you, Thad? That old rascal seemed to be hanging on a limb just about over where our tenderfoot party must have passed by, ventured Giraffe, a new fear arising in his breast. Oh, I hope now he wasn't there when Bumpus came along, remarked Stephen, as if comprehending the thought that had taken form in the mind of his comrades. What does this mean, Thad? asked Alan, just then pointing down close to his feet and the other three uttering various exclamations when they saw what he was referring to. Spots of dried blood, gasped Giraffe. It is now for a fact, Stefan followed with, Oh, that cat must have jumped on poor old Bumpus and clawed him up something scandalous. He bled like a stuck pig as he ran off and see here where something has been dragging along the ground. What if it's wounded bad, he had to pull one leg after another. This is just awful, fellas. Poor old Bumpus. But Thad and Alan somehow did not seem to join with the others in feeling sorry. At least they made no remarks. And as they all walked slowly on, following the blood-stained tracks, if Draft or Stefan, instead of keeping their eyes slowly close to the ground, had ventured to raise them a little, so as to take in the faces of their chums, doubtless their surprise would have been great to notice that Thad wore a broad smile, while Alan was making various suggestive gestures and winking one eye in the direction of the scoutmaster. So they walked slowly forward, a score or more of paces, when Giraffe and Stefan were once more startled. This time it was not by the sudden appearance of a ferocious wild beast, but only the voice of Alan calling out. Oh, look, look, what can that be hanging yonder from the limb of that tree? End of chapter 10 Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan